What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every single day. Free on all platforms, coming at you five days a week, every single weekday. So start your weekdays listening to Locked On Blazers, make it your first listen. It's your team every day. What a friggin' basketball game, y'all. The Blazers did it again. They go into Miami and win 110-107 on a buzzer-beating walk-off from Josh Hart. For the second time in three games, the Blazers splash one in at the buzzer, celebrate by tapping someone's wrist who isn't named Damian Lillard, and the joy continues rolling here. Let's talk all about that game. There was so much that went into it. We're going to talk all about it here in today's show. Well, first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. This game was tied 28-28 after one. Blazers found themselves down 60-53 to at halftime. Quite frankly, it should have been worse. They did not play well in that in that second quarter, but only down seven at the half. You can work it, you can make it happen from there. Third quarter comes along and things get bad in a hurry. They find themselves down as many as 15 about midway through the third quarter, but they battle back down just eight heading into the third quarter. Or excuse me, into the fourth quarter. And then they made it a game. A 9-0 run ties it at ties it at 98 all with two minutes and 20 seconds left. A Damian Lillard layup gives you the tie, but then the Heat answer back. But the Blazers take their first lead of the second half and the next possession. And Amphrey Simons and one drives to his right, draws contact from Damian or from Kyle Lowry, gets the foul. Blazers take the lead. Unfortunately, it became a free throw contest from there, and Miami kept getting to the free throw line. Gabe Vincent hits two free throws. Damian Lillard gets a pair, but he splits them. We're tied at 102 with a minute 11, a minute 11 seconds left. Free throw contest. Jimmy Butler drives, draws a foul. He makes two. The Heat go back up two, and then Damian Lillard, one of the great plays of a just a chalk, just a final two minutes chock full of great plays. A wonderful one from Dame. Late clock gets a bunch of defense, drives to his left as he likes to do, whips it cross court to Jeremy Grant, who catches it wide open the corner, doesn't dip, keeps his hands high, splash three pointer. The Blazers take a one point, a one point lead, 105, 104 with 26 seconds left. Here we go. The Blazers need to stop. They can win this game. Jimmy Butler drives inside, misses the rebound, bounces off Damian Lord. The Heat are going to get another chance. Okay, deep breath, one stop. You win this game. The Heat throw it in out high to Bam Adebayo, and he tries to get around Amberty Simons, and tweet, Simons has called for a foul. Dang, but it looks like Bam Adebayo hooked Simons when he was before the whistle was blown. Chauncey Phillips, two timeouts left, uses the challenge. All right, they win it. Blazers get the ball back with 11 seconds left. They inbound. Amphrey Simons hits two free throws, up three. All you got to do is prevent the Heat from making a three. All you got to do is prevent them from making a three. They run a, a really nifty elevator doors to the corner set for Max Struess. He pump fakes and cash. Tie ball game, six seconds left. The Blazers do not take a timeout. It's a little bit of confusion whether they're going to take a timeout, whether they're not going to take a timeout, and they don't. Damian Lord races the other way. Uh, the Heat, who are kind of in scramble mode because of the lack of a timeout, push up to Dame, thinking he's going to shoot it. He sees Josh Hart wide open in the corner, hits him in that left corner. Josh Hart, three, Josh Hart, three ball corner pocket. Let's get out of here. Blazers win 110. 107. That's your fastest recap in the West. This was one heck of a ball game. Uh, so much went into th- this, the final two minutes, the final six minutes, the final 18 minutes. 
Portland was down 15 halfway through the third quarter, and they looked out of it, out of it. They did not play very well in this game. And then there they were, ready to have a moment. You know, only down eight, entering the third quarter. Okay, they're, they're going to be all right. Then, you know, it's still, they're, they're, they're you know, down nine. Uh, it's like, well, hey, you know, they, they, they've, they made their push. They're going to stay close, but not close enough. Wait, they're tied with two minutes left. And every time Miami answered with the Gabe Vincent free throws, with the, with the Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler free throws, Blazers had, Blazers made plays. It's what they do. And I, and, and to me, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people that deserve credit in this one. Let's go box score first before we give out the impressive performance of the night. Uh, Damian Lord back in this game. He returned after a four game absence. Anthony Simons back in this game. He returns after a two game absence, absence, excuse me. Uh, Simons 25 points. Damian Lord finished with 19 and six assists. Jeremy Grant 23. He had a big first half and a big three late. Josh Hart had 12. Justice Winslow 12 off the bench. The Blazers also got six from Nazir. A little who played just seven minutes in this one. Uh, Shaden Sharp had five, two from Watford, two from Drew Eubanks. On the other side, seven Heat in double figures. Every person who played for the Heat scored at least nine points. Only played eight guys, but they all got buckets. Um, this was this was a nice night from Jimmy. 16, seven, and six steals. Uh, he was dealing in the third quarter when the Blazers were about to blow this game open. Jimmy Butler goes and sits, and the Blazers take control. And they took control based on one man's performance. That don't impress me much. Look, you already know Shania Twain's not impressed. Hard to impress. But I was impressed with Justice Winslow. He was fantastic in this game. Fantastic in this game. The box score does not do him justice. He finishes... Just, the doesn't do it justice. Didn't even mean to do that, but I still did. He finished with 12 points on 6 of 8 shooting. Cool, right? Like, throw in two boards, throw in two assists. Sure. He changed the game. He absolutely changed the game. He was a he was a menace. Uh, when the Blazers were were down, they're down fifteen. Uh, Gabe Vincent fouls Josh Hart. During that substitution, they bring uh, Justice Winslow back. So if you include the Josh Hart free throw, by the time he checks in, down fourteen. I mean, he was like on the court for the free throw. But the way I would do plus minus that point doesn't go to Justice Winslow. Down fourteen. Justice Winslow checks in the 6.09 mark of the third quarter and plays the final 18 minutes and 9 seconds of this game. The Blazers outscore the Miami Heat in those final 18 minutes, all with Justice Winslow on the court, by 17 points. I might not impress Shania Twain, but it impressed me. In those final 18 minutes, Justice Winslow scored 10 points, had his two rebounds, had his two assists, was fan-freaking-tastic. The Blazers went small in this one. So we're going to talk about it in the second segment. But Justice Winslow, when this game was in the was about to slip away, because Portland did not play well. They, they, um, they turned the ball over way too many times. Um, they had three turnovers in the final 18 minutes. They had 15 prior to that when Justice Winslow checked in midway through the third quarter. I'd already turned the ball over 15 times. They were coughing it up. It was a brutal night. Uh, not a good use of Nurkic night. He finished with four points on one of two shooting in 29 minutes. He did have 11 rebounds and three assists. Uh, the Miami Heat clogged this game up with the zone. Yusuf Nurkic isn't a very good zone buster. His his three-point shooting stroke is too slow to like make him a spacer because you can just close out. You can sag off and then close out. He's not a fast enough decision maker to put him in the middle of the zone where it's like seems like he'd be best, right? Stick him at the free throw line, make him the middle zone. He just... He just isn't a zone buster. If, te if teams play a really good zone, 
you got to do something else. Justice Winslow was the beginning of something else. Now, he came in with Drew Eubanks in the third quarter, but the Blazers committed to small ball down the stretch. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But Winslow was the game changer. His energy in the third quarter kept the Blazers in it from, from down 14 when he checks in to, to down just eight heading in the third quarter, kept themselves in the game, a really nice close to the third couple driving layups, um, you know, got himself to the rim, made plays for others, was really competitive on defense. Like he was absolutely, he, he was the most impressive performer of the night and so much better than his box score numbers suggest, but plus 17 in the final 18 minutes in a game where you were down 14 when you check in really does plus minus doesn't always speak to it. That speaks to it. Justice Winslow was the man in this game. He was great, but he, he, was part of the the solution. Down the stretch, Chauncey Billups pulled Yusuf Nurkic and the Blazers went small. That small ball lineup changed the game. I want to talk about the final six minutes of this game. Final six minutes of this game, the Blazers outscored the Heat by 10 and, and this was about everything that could perfectly go right from coaching to execution went right. Let's talk about that in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about Sweatblock. Sweatblock is the antiperspirant product that can help you avoid the embarrassing sweaty moments of being anxious or nervous or all of those things. If you are someone who is a heavy perspirer, sweat block or someone you love is a heavy perspirer, sweat block can be the solution you need. Sweat block wipes are your little secret to confidence. The sweat block wipes work for up to seven days per use. Apply them on a Sunday, you stay dry all week. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. That's a promo code locked on to save 20% at sweatblock.com. You can also find it on Amazon. All right. Justice Winslow was the hero of this game, the impressive performer of this game, but the 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 he checks in midway through the third quarter. Blazers get within single digits, but it wasn't, it wasn't all, they weren't all the way back. You know, they didn't tie the game till the two minute mark. They didn't take the lead until it was about under two minutes, minute 40 left in this one. Like they, they, um, they were trailing most of the second half and they deserved to be trailing most of that half because they were not good. When they got good, they were perfect with six minutes and nine seconds left. Excuse me, six minutes and 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter. That's six minutes, 15 seconds left in the game. The, uh, Chauncey Billups pulls Yusuf Nurkic and goes to, uh, he actually went to the first, the Mike G. Rich lineup, which is Damon the Wings. Uh, that's Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, uh, Justice Winslow, Nazir Little, and Jeremy Grant. He's, he brought in Ants back for Nazir Little to, to, at, at about the four-minute mark, and the Blazers took off because that really worked. Uh, the small ball lineup allowed them to, it, it made it harder for Miami to play zone because you have more shooters and more slashers. The Justice Winslow, not a shooter, but a slasher. That means if he can attack space, he will. He can slash, he can pass. You put the you put Jeremy Grant out there, who's, who can who is a threat to shoot and score. You put Josh Hart, who's a good slasher and good passer. More ways to attack a zone. The small ball lineup allowed them to attack, attack the zone and neutralize what Miami wants to do. That, that was really valuable. The final six minutes, Blazers, uh, final six minutes, 15 seconds. When Nurk gets subbed out, the Blazers are down seven. Blazers outscore Miami from that point, 26-16. They go, they go eight for eight from the field, four for four from the free throw line, six of seven from the stripe, except for that uh, free throws that Dame split with a minute and 11 seconds left. It's the only shot that they put up that did not find the bottom of the basket in the final six minutes and 15 seconds. 
perfect eight of eight from the floor. They hit four three pointers. The game winner, Jeremy Grant's huge one in the corner. Uh, Every Simons cashed one as well. They had six assists and zero turnovers. The absolute like coaches decide who plays and when. I, I, I if you're a long time listening to the podcast, you know that I believe this. Who's on the floor matters. That was that solution made it harder to guard Amphrey Simons, who did not have a, a super efficient shooting night, but was big when they needed him and helped them score down the stretch. Uh, it allowed them to, it was harder to double team Dame because you have more guys who can attack when, when you get the ball out of his hands and it's harder to play zone. Uh, Dame Lord came back with 632 left in, left in the game. Like he played the final, he was actually at the scores table before that, but they were waiting for a stoppage. So like he was, he would have come into the seven minute mark regardless. The Blazers are going to be better with him on the floor, but they also took Nurk off the floor. That matters, right? Who plays and when? Great coaching from Chauncey Billups. Fantastic coaching from Chauncey Billups. But players play. It's the two things I believe, right? Is who plays and when because the most, like, you just put the dudes on the floor and then they execute. Great coaching decision. Incredible. I know I'll talk about Chauncey Lowell to close the show. Like, that is a great coaching decision. You, nothing nothing but respect uh, for, the, for that choice. That changed the game. The small ball worked. It's the second time that they've really closed small. They did it against Sacramento as well. Um, When they're not super worried about imposing big men, like uh, Josh Hart, or excuse me, Bam Adebayo had one, you know, pretty rugged play inside to score. But like Miami's not going to, if Miami wants to force feed Bam in the post, the Blazers will, will live and die that way. Like they'll just, they'll, they'll make it happen. With Winslow and with Hart, they can gang rebounds. They've shown to be at least competitive enough in those minutes to be, um, to keep, to keep teams honest defensively and keep them off the glass for the most part. They didn't turn the ball over because you get ball handlers on the court and Winslow and Hart and Dame and Ants. Um, you need all of those guys on there. And then you just make shots. Execute, like, why who plays and when is my big thing? Because who plays, the like, pl- players play. Get them on the court, they execute. The Blazers were lucky in this game. They were lucky. They made all the shots. That's luck. They were lucky that um, the... The, the challenge went their way. It's It was a good, great challenge by Chauncey. Uh, you know, it, it looked like a foul on Bam Adebayo, but you never know because Ant kind of grabbed him grabbed him just as he was getting hooked and you never know how it's going to work, but that's good coaching. Like, good job. Props to Chauncey, right? Like, for sure. They've been lucky in a lot of these games. They've been, they, they really have been. But you don't have to give those back. You don't have to give them back. You don't have to say, oh man, they got lucky in the Kings game. Okay, yeah, great. Oh, they, you know, they got lucky against the Lakers. Oh, okay, yeah. They got lucky against the Suns. They got like, they sure did. They don't have to give them back. Players play, and the Blazers are, they have, they are developing an identity where they are tough enough to win these games. And the final six minutes was a testament to both the coaching staff that made the right play and the players that stuck with it. When, when, when Josh Hart spoke to Brooke Olsendam in the, um, and in the, uh, post-game interview. Also, side note real quick, thank God the Blazers are traveling their broadcast crew. Can you imagine if they went on these these games and they had these post-game moments and Brooke Olsendam was doing these remotely from the studio? That would suck. <laughs> Two of the most fun moments of the week have been the Blazers crowding Brooke as she does her walk-off interviews on the court. 
those are are wonderful moments you want to cling to your joy with and they only happen because she's in the arena so um you know if you're listening to this decision makers it's why you send people on the road it's why you pay for it it's those special moments regardless when uh, sorry for the aside but it, it struck me that those are really special moments that happen because of some uh, b- because people are in the, uh, the arena but josh hart says like we're just a gritty team that won't give up we're a gritty team that won't give up and damien lord passed me the ball because he trusts me and damien lord passed the uh great Am- Damien Lord passed the ball to Jeremy Grant in the corner on the two possessions earlier because he trusts him. All of, you know, like the Blazers made sure that Amphrey Simons got the inbounds pass because they trust him. All of that builds into each other. But also, what's Jeremy Grant shoot on wide open threes? About 40%? That's that's not perfect. Cashed out. That's lucky. What's Josh Hart shoot on wide open corner threes? Probably about 40%. Wide open. He wasn't wide open, but he, he was when he caught it. It was like a light, light, late contest. But he was wide open by NBA standards. Cashed it out. You don't have to give back the luck. You do not have to give back the luck. But to put yourselves in a position to be lucky, you've got to make the right substitutions, put the right folks on the floor, and then let the right folks do what they do. You're not going to go eight for eight every final six minutes, but if you put a lineup that makes it harder for Miami to do the things that took you out of the game and prevents some of your weaknesses, like more guys who can turn it over, less shooters, less ball handlers, all those things, like you give yourself a puncher's chance. I want to talk about that puncher's chance. I think this was one of Chauncey Billups' best performances as a coach. He was excellent in this game. I want to talk a little bit about that. I want to talk about the value of versatility to close the show. But first, I want to tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Whatever that action is, you're going to find it. College football still rolling along for a final month. We're getting into the final, the second half of the NFL season. So all weekend long, you're going to find gridiron action. NBA games every single night. NHL games every single night. You still got soccer all over the world. And whatever else you're into, you're going to find it. That's, you know, golf, tennis, combat sports, whatever it might be. You're going to find it on Bet Online. So don't wait. Go take advantage today. That's Bet Online where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Who plays and when is the most important thing a coach can do. I thought Chauncey Billups nailed it in the final six minutes. He was fantastic. This was one of Chauncey Billups' just straight-up best games. He coached his butt off in this game. Um, Chauncey Billups was dealt a weird hand last year. It was impossible to know whether he was a good coach or not, but there was no signs that he was, like, really good, right? It was only, like, it, it mostly went wrong, and we don't know. This year, the vibes are better, and this team is rolling. Because, like, this team is good because of, in some ways, because of the decisions Chauncey Billups has made. He's pushed the right buttons. He's got folks to buy in. They play hard. They did not play well in this game. They did not play well in this game. Let's, let's keep it, I've said it a bunch of this podcast, but let me keep it a buck one more time. The Blazers did not play well, but they were in striking distance at the end because they play hard. They play hard. They do not get cheated. Chauncey Billups, he had, this was just a, an, elite elite billups game right like this was as good as he could be um or darn close to it uh the decision to go small with the final six minutes huge game changer change the game change absolutely change the game uh he's second time this year that he's made that call and the blazers have won a game that came down in the final seconds players play but who who's on the court matters the blazers billups put them on the court maximize their chances to win the challenge is um you know they had two timeouts left it's it's kind of an obvious move to challenge but in the previous game, against in, in, in their loss to Memphis last week, this was last Wednesday, Billups didn't challenge down the stretch. There were two two specific calls down down in the fourth quarter that was 
you know, if there's ever a moment to to challenge a foul call, you do it there because it's free throws that make it a, a two-possession game and types of things. And Bill said afterwards, like, they've got a system in place for reviewing replays. He didn't get a good, you know, his replay guys who were looking at it in real time and weren't like, yes, you have to. So then you have to coach by feel. If they're like, eh, maybe, I, like, I don't think we're going to win it, but maybe, then he has to make a call. He didn't make a call, right? But when this happened, when this when this moment happened, it was an obvious challenge. You got two timeouts. There's, this is like the game's in the balance. But Scott Brooks, right there, you can see it on the broadcast, was like, yep, 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 go ahead and challenge. And Billups did it right away. Sometimes the easy ones you got to go to, right? Um, the decision to pull Yusuf Nurkic, the decision to go small, the decision to the challenge, massive plays. And finally, the decision not to call your final timeout right there at the end of the game is huge. Uh, I'm a big, I'm, I'm a Carolina guy. I'm, I'm a Tar Heel guy. And, and, and not taking the timeout is a very Tar Heel thing. Um, uh, they didn't take, famously for 40 years under Dean Smith, they didn't take a timeout ever at any point during the game. But like specifically at the end, late in games, you let guys go because you got to trust your players and a set defense is going to make it worse. Um, I believe, and shout out to Danny Rang, host of Jack Ramsey's, he was telling me earlier this year that the numbers suggest that if you call a timeout late in in like the under five seconds um, type of situations, they, the, you are, they are not friendly. Like a set defense is going to make it tough. I love not calling a timeout. If Damian Lord chucks up a three heading to his left and the game goes to overtime, it is still a good decision. But the way it shook out was even better than that. Uh, when, after Max Struess hits a really tough corner three, Max Struess is a shooter. Um, but after Max Struess hits that three and ties the game up, uh, they look to the bench, like Justice Winslow looks at the bench, like, you can call timeout, right? And he was kind of, the body language of his was like, yeah, I'm just waiting for it. And Billups was like, Nah, let's let's not. And that little bit of hesitation, it was awkward, a little bit of hesitation. It caught Miami off off guard a little bit. That even that, like even that sort of like half miscommunication between coaches and players, it worked in the Blazers' favor. I love not calling a timeout um, because you get to push. You get the ball in Dame's hands against a not a set defense. When Miami had set its defense for the first three and a half quarters, they had been locking the Blazers up and for, forcing turnovers. You do not want to give them a chance to to dial in and say, no, you know, let's make it sure that, they, that it's, even if it's Dame, he gets a tough shot over a contested, uh, over like a good contest. You push, you trust your guys to make plays. Dame made the right play. He made the right plays down the stretch in this game. This is not a game where Dame shot particularly well. He was four of 12 from the floor and three of eight, uh, he shot fine from three, three of eight from three, but it was one of four inside the, in, inside the arc. His, his bucket, his layup with 220 left was the only two pointer he made all game. He hadn't, he was, him pushing hadn't been that successful. Him pushing into a crowd hadn't been that successful. But because the defense wasn't set, the help comes off Josh Hart because they see Damian Lacey, Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr. pushing downhill with a full head of steam and under five seconds left. They're going to give him attention. Draws attention, makes the right pass, kicks to Hart, who was calling for it the whole way down the floor. Cash, ball game, see ya. I love the small ball. I love, you know, the challenge was easy money, but I like that he did it after he didn't do it um, late in games. And the decision not to call timeout at the end of the game is... Just straight up excellent coaching. Props to Chauncey Billups. Also props to just this Blazers team. The versatility to be able to go small matters. Uh, in the past, they've needed more athleticism and they've needed versatility to have different looks. And they've tried it in different ways. Um, and 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 whether it was two years ago where where uh, Terry Stotts was low to go super small and play a bunch of minutes at with um, with Robert Covington at the five or last year, quite frankly, early in the year when uh, Chauncey like really didn't like to put um, Larry Nance in there early in the season at the five. And then he kind of figured it out. But once he figured it out, it was like a tough balance. Like that, 
they had a more versatile roster, but he just never figured it out. And Dame's injury kind of just sabotaged the whole season. Um, and like, and then COVID catching the whole league prior to Dame getting hurt. It was a nightmare. December was a mess for the Blazers last year. But they just never did it. Like, they had a more versatile team, but they just never got to it. This year, they've, they're they getting to it early. And Chauncey Billups is just like, he said it a bunch. Like, he's trying to win these games. He is trying to win these games. So he's going to do what he thinks can win. Like, And I, I don't mean that to be like, he's, they're not tanking. I just mean like, he is going into the game not thinking about, okay, well, I got to get Shaden Sharp 17 minutes. And I got to figure out a way to get um, Nazir Little his 14. And I got to get, you know, he's not like, he... He's keeping a rotation, but like when it comes down to it, he's just trying to win. He's just trying to win. So he's going to play his best group to go get it. And this, that versatility to when it being big didn't, didn't help. It wasn't a, it wasn't a nerf game. The ability to go smaller and attack with Ant on a night that Dame didn't, didn't have it when they needed down the stretch. Ant was really good in the fourth quarter. Um, Didn't shoot very well in the game, but was good when they needed him. Had some really big plays down the stretch. The ability to, 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 the ability to play different looks at different times has real value, and that versatility matters. And the Blazers are just a resilient group. You know, I've talked about it a bunch on the show recently, and it's um, it is refreshing to see a team keep themselves in it by being gritty and tough. And it is refreshing to see a team say, "Okay, if we play perfect these final six minutes, we're going to have a chance." They play perfect and won. <laughs> like, like even when it's that type of odds, um, they've been there. Uh, Clutch stuff usually evens out. Like over the course of a, of a season, if you play one possession games, you usually end up right about 500. Like that's that's about the mean. Some teams are better than others. Last year, the Phoenix Suns were incredible in crunch time because they were just execution kings. Good teams execute when it matters. The Blazers are approaching that. Some of this is lucky bounces, all of these things, some of it is DNA. At some point, you are who you are. Like I said in the second segment, you don't have to give them back, but at some point, you are who you are. It's probably a little too early to say, like, this team is clutch, but doesn't it feel like this team is clutch? Doesn't it feel that way that when they've had games in the balance that they've been really stinking good? Sacramento, the second game of the season in overtime against Phoenix. In LA, when the Lakers just gave that game away, you know what the Blazers did? They said, cool, if you want to give it away, we'd love to take it. Damian Lord hits huge threes. Jeremy Grant gets a big bucket. In Phoenix again, Jeremy Grant hits a big one. Uh, against, you know, tonight, uh, this evening, or yesterday evening, when you're when you're um, listening to this, against Miami, they're clutch. Like, sure, sure. Five games that were in the balance of the, you know, of their seven wins that were like right there and if... The ball bounces the wrong way in a make or miss league. They don't do it, but like, doesn't that feel like a team that's starting to develop an identity of of knowing they can win? It'll probably even out a little bit. At some point, they'll lose some of these games that came down to the wire. At some point, the you know a, a Jimmy Butler shot will fall and he'll get an and one as opposed to two free throws, and um, you know, and Josh Hart's corner three will rim out. They'll lose in overtime. Like, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It evens out. But doesn't this seem like a team developing an identity? Doesn't this seem like a team that believes they can win and so they're not afraid? Certainty of action, certainty of decision-making. Like, doesn't this doesn't this seem like a team that's developing an identity of being clutch behind one of the great cr- clutch players in the history of the sport, Damian Lillard? It does to me. It does to me. I, w- 10 games in, 72 to go. <laughs> sure. Sure, but this seems 
this seems like a team that when the game is on the line, they believe in themselves. And that means you, dear Blazer fan, listening to the end of this podcast, should believe in them too, because it's fun to believe. Hold on to your joy. What a freaking road trip this has been so far. Two and one so f- two and one to start this one. Back to back coming up, Charlotte, New Orleans, and they close at Dallas. I mean, all all they won't probably sweep those three games, but all three of those games are winnable for your Portland Trailblazers. Because they're just tough as nails, they're resilient, they're versatile, and right now their coach is pushing the right buttons. How freaking fun is that? How freaking fun is this team? They're doing me a solid. Uh, they really are. I would, I would, I'm gonna bring you a podcast every day, every day of the week, Monday through Friday. I'm gonna bring you a podcast. I'm gonna try to do my best. I'm gonna bring a bunch of energy. I'm gonna smile. I'm gonna play Shania Twain stuff. I'm gonna have fun and be stupid and all the goofy little things that make this podcast something you like. But the Blazers are hooking your boy up with really fun games and a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So why don't you come back tomorrow? We will do this again. Does that sound good to y'all? Tomorrow's show is going to be a mailbag show. So if you have a mailbag question, tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or the best way to ask questions, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Email me, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Ask me your questions. Ask me your questions, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. Free on all platforms, five days a week, like I said. Uh, why don't you make your second li- listen, Locked On Sports Today. It's a 22-minute program that covers all of the biggest stories across all of the major sports leagues, hosted by Peter Bukowski. There's too much sports happening. You can't watch it all, so you can get caught up quickly in just 22 minutes, available on all platforms, as well as YouTube. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>